I, I'm a grown man, but I get really excited for Purim. In fact, I have, not that I have chosen my own, I love this holiday even more. Purim is my favorite Jewish holiday. I love the McGill reading, the Purim spiel that our kids were working so hard on, the costumes, the food. I love Judaism, but it can be so serious. Purim just feels so different from every other day of the year. But even more than the holiday, I love the story behind Purim. On Purim, one of our traditions is to uh, read the Megillah, or the, uh, the scroll of Esther. Much like the holiday, the book of Esther is unique in all of the Bible. The story seems as if it was tailor-made to be adapted into a play. It has these amazing, vibrant characters, and suspense, and drama, and romance, and plot twists, and it's become one of the most beloved tales in the Bible. So every year around this time, I reread the book of Esther. I think that's what you're supposed to do with the Bible. You, you read it again and again because you always discover something new with each read. Well, that's exactly what happened this time. As I read Esther, a new thought came into my head, one I had never considered before. Is the book of Esther overrated? All right, let me explain myself here. So uh, lately I've been doing a study of the book of Daniel with uh, my home group. By the way, if you're interested in studying the Bible or being part of a small group, or please, please come talk to me after the service. We meet every first and third Wednesday of the month. It's a great time to be with friends and study the word. You know, it's great. Anyway, I'm studying Daniel. And these two books, Daniel and Esther, they work really well together as companion pieces. They have very similar elements in that they both concern how Jews are to live and act in exile. And they have heroes who have to navigate through the intrigues and pressures of life in the court of a powerful Gentile king. But from there, the similarities end. See, what's impressing on me the most as I read through Daniel is that his is a story of uncompromising faith and unwavering trust in God. Daniel reacts to exile by holding fast to his values, and he refuses to change his prayer life or diminish his service to God. He always tells the truth, and he's fearless in the face of powerful kings. Daniel never compromises who he is. Now Esther, on the other hand, she just, she just isn't the same kind of role model. She compromises all the time. Esther hides her Jewish identity. She embraces pagan customs. She eats unclean foods. She marries a Gentile. You get the picture. It's, she, she, he's not one of my role models, but Martin Luther wished for the book to be expunged from the scriptures on account of it being filled with heathen unnaturalities. Daniel is such a great role model that he even inspires the pagan kings to praise the name of the Most High God to all the people and all the nations of the earth. Esther is so irreligious that God's name isn't even mentioned in the whole book. Compared to the other great heroines of the Bible, Sarah, Miriam, Ruth, Esther, she just doesn't compare. You know, I've written many poem spiels by now, and I can tell you from a narrative perspective, Esther is the least interesting character in the story. Compared to the foolish, drunken king, the evil, plotting Haman, or the wise, clever Mordecai, Esther comes off as this pretty cardboard lady. When Mordecai comes to her for help, Esther's first response isn't courage or faith. It's self-preservation. She says, everyone knows that, that anyone who appears before the king without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his golden scepter. And the king hasn't called for me to come to him for 30 days, so... It's not a good look for someone who's supposed to be the hero in the role model. Perhaps the most disturbing thing about the book of Esther 
is that when archaeologists uncovered the Dead Sea Scrolls from the Qumran caves, they found fragments of every scroll of every book in the Hebrew Scriptures, except for Esther. We can't know for certain, but it seems like the book of Esther is not included in the original Hebrew Bible. So, why do we place such emphasis on this book? Why do we read it year after year, telling the story of Esther, Haman, and Mordecai over and over again? Why is Esther such a hero to our people that we celebrate a holiday commemorating her story? I think the answer lies in the same passage I just quoted a moment ago. I believe that Esther found her greatest strength at the moment of her greatest weakness. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open up to Esther chapter 4 and see if we can discover what makes Esther so inspiring. So let me set the stage for you here. The setting is the day that Haman's wicked decree went out. We all know this story. Filled with rage and envy against the Jews, Haman had convinced the king to issue an edict calling for the death of every Jew in the empire. This is a big empire, too. It's a lot of Jews being affected. The edict was made law in every corner, in every province in the kingdom. Every nation and people were given one command. Kill the Jews. It was a moment of unprecedented devastation in our nation's history. Just a few years earlier, the first temple had been torn down. The city of Jerusalem sacked and burnt to the ground. And the Jewish people put in chains and forced from their homes, and spread across a strange land. The Jews find themselves as a marginalized underclass, struggling to survive in poverty and exile. And now the king has declared a national genocide against them. The Jewish people respond by turning to God in hopes of being saved. In every country that the king's command reached, there was great mourning amongst the people. They took to the streets, fasting, weeping, wailing. Everybody lay in sackcloths and ashes. Everybody that is, except Esther. Esther is completely oblivious to everything that's going on around her. She doesn't even know about the death sentence looming over her people's heads. She's sitting pretty inside the palace, insulated from the cares of the world, decked out in royal garments, being pampered by maidens who attend her every need. No wonder then that Esther hesitates when Mordecai asks her to put herself on the line. See, she has everything to lose. A few months ago, Esther was a poor Jewish orphan, an ostracized minority, no parents, little education, and few prospects. But then, by extraordinary circumstances, she found herself elevated to an exalted position as queen of all Persia. She was able to leave the old, impoverished Jewish life behind and embrace her new, abundant life as a Persian. Now her past is caught up to her. She can't escape the person that she used to be. Now she's being asked to own the identity that she worked so hard to escape, knowing that if she does, she could lose everything she has, including her own life. Esther has a decision to make. She can stay where she is, let the storm pass her by. No one knows she's Jewish. She would be safe inside the palace. She could keep living her new, comfortable life. But instead, Esther responds to the call. With a little help from Mordecai, Esther realizes that her fate was bound to the Jewish people. Whatever her circumstances were, wherever she lived, whatever she practiced, she would always be a Jew. 
and she could not abandon her people when they needed her the most. And so Esther transforms in this moment. See, Esther is no stranger to transformation. She once transformed from a poor Jewish girl into a glamorous Persian queen. But now in this moment, when she takes back the Jewish identity that she had cast off, she becomes more beautiful and radiant than ever before. She tells Mordecai to go and gather all the Jewish people. She says, you've been fasting and praying up till now? Well, I'm going to fast and pray with you. I won't remain separate from my people anymore. Esther understands that they're all in this together. I'm laying down my palm fronds, my fruit platters, and getting into the trenches with you. If I'm going to be lost, then let me be lost. But let it be for the right reasons. Let it be with my people, for my people, not separate from them. This is the greatness of Esther. She didn't have to do what she did. Esther could have remained hidden and safe from harm, but at the most critical moment, she recognized that all Jews are responsible for one another, that we are all deeply connected, and she rejoins her people and changes the destiny of the Jewish people forever. And I think there's a powerful lesson for us Messianic Jews in this story. Like Esther, sometimes it's easy for us to become isolated from our people. It's easy to get caught up in our own insular little community lose sight of what's going on in the wider Jewish world. Sometimes we even find it easier to relate to Gentiles than to Jews, that our faith in Messiah Yeshua gives us more in common with the church than with Israel. But the Hamans of the world have not gone away. The Jewish people still live under the threat of bigotry and anti-Semitism. We're living in the wake of the most deadly attack on the Jewish community in recent history, and hate speech against the Jews has been on a steady rise. We, like Esther, have a choice to make. We can shut ourselves up in our palace and hope that the storm passes us by. Or we can recognize we are a part of the Jewish people. And that God has called us to bear each other's burdens and that we need to stand with our people in good times and as bad and in bad as on Israel. I love Purim because it's a celebration of our Jewish identity in a world that continues to hate and fear Jews. In the darkest and scariest times in our history, the Jewish people have celebrated for to remember how God has never abandoned us and how deeply connected we are to one another. And no, I don't think the Book of Esther is overrated. Martin Luther, raging anti-Semite that he was, may not have been a big fan of the book, but Moses Maimonides, one of the greatest Jewish minds of all time, said that outside of the five books of the Torah, Esther is the most important book in the Bible. He believed that any, more than any other text, Esther would instruct the Jewish people how to survive in exile away from the Holy Land. And though it may not have been included in the original versions of the Hebrew Bible, throughout the Middle Ages, the book of Esther took on a special significance to the Jewish people. From the medieval period, there have been more scrolls of Esther recovered than any other book in the Bible, said the Torah. This isn't an accident. This book is special to our people. Throughout the tortured history of European Jewry, this book offered a special message that in the most hopeless situations, God will always deliver. Wherever the Jews would survive plagues, floods, or famines, they would celebrate Purim to remind them of God's deliverance. When Judaism was outlawed in Spain during the Inquisition, Jews would secretly celebrate Purim in basements and cellars. And so next week, when we hold our own Purim celebration, we join ourselves to a long history of tradition, a tradition of finding hope and joy in dark times. 
the tradition of taking a stand against hatred and bigotry, and a tradition of standing together, hand in hand, as one with our people. May the story of Esther become more alive to you this year. Hogs and Akhor, everyone, and Shabbat Shalom.